Hello, I am Tracy Hitchings. My guest is artist, illustrator, songwriter and creator of the gardening club, Martin Springett. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and a very good night to you wherever you are across the globe. I am transmitting from the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. You have tuned into Tracy's Prog World. It's another wonderful morning here on the Goldies. So I saw the early bird catch a worm after sunrise as it washed the morning dew away. That's really just such a wonderful sight, you know, isn't it, when you catch that. So, and yes, we do have dew on the ground here in Australia, by the way. It's so lovely and fresh. So don't forget, if you're driving and listening, keep the eyes on the road. And if you're snuggled up, I hope you've got a cuppa like me or maybe some iced water, depending on where you are in the world. Now, stick your feet up and enjoy the ride. So we have somebody very special for you today. So it's our first progging visit to Canada. And I'm really delighted to have... Martin zooming in from Toronto, Ontario to chat about his incredible career spanning decades. But this is no old git, honestly, I tell you, this is a really incredible man. <laughs> and um, in my world right now, Martin is waiting 14 hours in the past to share this podcast with us. So with no further ado, let's bring him back to the future. Welcome aboard, Martin Springett. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm very well, Tracy. Thank you. It's... Uh... Yeah, it's very cool that here I am in Toronto at 10 o'clock, well, no, 8 o'clock at night, and you're down there, or you are you up there at uh, 10 in the morning? Yes. Yeah. I'm down under, you're up over the top, yeah. and you know, and there we are. So it's just all amazing, isn't it? <laughs> so so I'm back to the future and you're back to the past? Or Anyway, we've brought you back to the future, which proves there's nothing at all true about it because we're both right in the now and we're both right here so that is quite apt with some of your music and drawings I think so <laughs> and that will unfold in time so um so I'd just like to sort of um uh, let people know a little bit about you we can only scratch the surface here just to introduce Martin so um, Martin you were born in Crayford Kent in England in 1948 not many to give you age away at all or anything like that but anyway you grew up in Appledore where your family ran a local pub you took up the guitar in your teen years and studied art two semesters at the Brassy School of Art in Hastings Sussex now, if we jump the timeline a little bit here, where Martin, you emigrated to the west coast of Canada in 1965 and pursued illustration, creating an iconic bookmark for Monroe's bookstore in Victoria, uh, British Columbia, and it's still in use for the last 40 years. I've looked at it, it's amazing, we'll talk about that. Um, you went on to illustrate uh, many books, covers, including the iconic art for Guy, G I think it's pronounced Gavrel's yeah, case. Yeah. Is that correct, like Martin? It. Yeah. And that's his classic trilogy for the Fiona Var tapestry. Yes. Yeah. And you, you also, you're also an award winning illustrator of children's books. So that's a lot up there. Maybe you want to sort of chunk in there a bit before I go on to my next part of your little bit of bio. <laughs> Well, I, when I arrived in Canada in 65, um, <clears throat> my actual, my real interest was at the very beginning was music. And then gradually as the years, you know, went on, I, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I had that immigration ping pong blues where I couldn't quite figure out where I wanted to be. So um, I, um, when I went back, came back to the UK in the early 70s, I worked for CBS Records 
and I did LP, LP covers. And um, I got more and more into the, into the combination of music and art as those years went by. But that period of going back to England was incredibly important as far as, you know, getting my feet wet professionally, musically, and uh, mm. with the illustration. Um, yeah. Yes. So you, you were actually a pro musician at different periods of your life, you say, and uh, that um, the main career really started with the recording of an album in 1969 in Vancouver when you were 21 and of settings of Tolkien's poems from Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Now, from, you, you did that. Then from 73 to 76, you started creating illustra illustrations to survive, as you were just saying, when you returned to, the, to London. Yeah. Is that correct? And you started the art, art career there. Yes, pretty is, much. Is that yeah. I mean, of course, it's a lot more messy than that in a way. <laughs> you know, but generally, generally, that's it. That's when I started, as I say, to also because of the way the music business was going, I knew I had to do something remotely practical. And I became, you know, a commercial artist where I did all kinds advertising and magazine work to uh, to keep everything going. Uh, but of course, I got more and more into the music. And, um, and then I did a kind of a second immigration, you might say, leaving the West Coast, uh, Vancouver, to come to Toronto in 1978. That, that's incredible. And also, um... Am I right here to say that you, um, I might be, uh, again, I might be taking it in and out of timeline here. So that, that might be happening because you have got so much you have done. But I understand that you illustrated and designed for um, uh, Columbia Records. I think you might have said that. Sorry if I'm reiterating what you've already said. And you did things like um, interior for Argent's Circus album. And you worked for, you worked for your childhood favourite magazine. That happened to you. That is just too crazy you know and also I mean it's just amazing that you won an award for Stravinsky's record cover um, and you say that's the first classical and I think the only classical one that you've probably done of classical music ballet yeah that is yes that that is the only one and I was very fortunate because when I lived in London I uh, I dropped off a tape to um, CBS records as it was then now Sony of course and they didn't really dig the music, but <laughs> they liked my art. So I got to do, um, I also got to do Ian Hunter's first solo album cover, as well as the Stravinsky. And both those, both those LP covers are still around. They're still out there. Wow, it's just truly amazing. So if I was to kind of bring the sort of TARDIS and bring it forward to 2017, there's a news article headline which reads, How I Unearthed a Long Lost Toronto Prog Rock Album. Is this correct? Is it in the Now, now, now newspaper or something or magazine? Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. now Magazine is one of those mags that's free. You know, and, and of course, it's paid for by advertising and stuff. But it's a, uh, a cultural, little cultural touchstone here in Toronto for to do with music and art and so on. Yeah, and, and it's fantastic because, the, I mean, 
you, I mean, that was unearthed by somebody about, um, I don't know how many, oh, that was 2017. So again, just to say to the people, it's, the headline in this magazine is how I unearthed a long lost Toronto Progro album, which goes on to say Martin Springett, the Garden Club is a cosmic Canna Diana, you'll have to explain that in a minute, Canna Diana um, at its best. And his history, uh, sorry, his story, <laughs> history, same thing, his story is a Canna, is a can con prog rock version of um searching for sugar man saga now i'm kind of aware of the documentary about sisto rodriguez and i don't yeah, yeah. that they're really fascinating about this guy i don't know whether what was found out whether he's still alive or not uh so this was just quite fascinating this whole news headline and what it encompassed about your album and cisco rodriguez would you like to tell us a bit about that yeah well the album was recorded in 1983 and um, I did it through uh, a in a friend's studio, and um, um, it was a real, you know, the best thing I could do at the time with fusing my art and music. It was a, you might say, it was a summation of a lot of things and songs I'd written over about a period of four or five years. So I I put the album out myself. It didn't go anywhere, and as my friend Ed Canerva says, who wrote that article that it was the right album um, at the wrong time. Really? Yeah. And, um, yeah. And so what happened all these years later is that um, somebody put up all the tracks on YouTube and I started getting correspondence from as far away as Moscow and then Vancouver and Texas, London, uh, Berlin, um, all over the place, people saying, that they actually had a copy of this album. I don't know how they got, I don't know how it got to Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, and then the next thing I knew, within two days of each other, I had two record companies get in touch with me. Yeah. One here in Canada and one in the UK. And both of them wanted to re-release the record. Incredible, yeah. And both of them called it, Prog rock, and the interesting thing is, when I did the album, I didn't call it that at all. It was just an album of songs yeah, yeah. By, by Martin Springer. I didn't say it was prog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just the stuff I did. Is it, isn't that's what's so amazing, isn't it? The music that you're attracted to, and it's, it's just being labelled that. And although oh, oh, we're that, are we? Oh, really? Thank you. <laughs> but that's a beautiful little find there for you know that place for that magazine in it was Toronto, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. great. So um, now you still reside in in Ontario, don't you? Um, in Toronto uh, and with your family. Yes, well, I, I have two daughters. They live, you know, south of us. Hillary and I have an apartment at Lawrence and Young, which is kind of just a, a little bit above downtown. And um, you know, um, this has been a a great place for me to be because it really is the centre for you know, publishing, which I was involved in for 35 years, I guess. <clears throat> and um, there's some fantastic musicians here that I'm continuing to work with now. And I'm doing a new project called The Blue Door. So it's an ongoing, yeah, it's an ongoing um, exploration. And I'm sure I'll keep doing it until I fall over. So now, now that you've actually talked about The, the Blue Door, let's, let's t tell us a little bit more about that, because that's what you're actually working on now. 
Yeah. Well, the blue door is, um, it's weird because it, when I was finishing up an album for, uh, with the gardening club called Boy on a Bike, um, I was sort of writing songs between the sessions and putting them on the back burner because they didn't all fit into the, that particular version of the gardening club. And um, the main theme with the Blue Door is memory. And um, it really goes way back to my childhood in England, when I was growing up in England. So the very first song, um, well, actually, no, technically the third song, but anyway, the, early on, I have a song called Going North. And it's a song about me being seven or eight years old, staying with my auntie in Leicester and sleeping in the front room of her house. And I could hear the rumble of the motorway, just, you know, it's just it's a few blocks away. And, it, and it's one of those moments in your life, I'm sure you, everybody's know, had this, uh, I think, where you have a, a kind of little tiny awakening. And, and I was lying awake at night wondering, where are all these people going? Who are they? And I would like to go north too. And I, so it's a memory, obviously, I've had since I was eight, but it just resurfaced and I, that kick-started this whole project. And so a, a lot of the songs are dealing with these early memories that I have from growing up in England. And um, I think, well, we're, we've pretty much finished the project now and it will be, I think, the fifth, it will be the fifth gardening club project and can you describe and explain the Gardening Club? Because it's about you and your music and your illustrations. It's also from um, bringing in other people's work as well and you're illustrating to their music as well. Can you just tell us a bit about that? Yeah, well, <clears throat> on the initial, you know, the original 1983 Gardening Club LP, I worked with local Toronto musicians, some of whom I, I still know here. Um, when, um, how, let's see, okay, th there was a particularly dramatic incident, and that is I had a heart operation. Oh, my goodness. Uh, in 2016, which um, was right in the middle of this re-release of the gardening club, right? So everything got on hold until I went through rehab and got myself back together because I couldn't sing. I couldn't sing a note after my operation. I was completely helpless. I was a babe, as you might say. Yes. But six months later, I did a concert out in Victoria, British Columbia, where I had lived before. And I did the concert. And I met up with guys I'd known 40 years ago. But they were still there, still playing. We had a fantastic time. And it sowed the seed for the rebirth of the gardening club. It wouldn't have happened without my heart operation, <laughs> in a <laughs> way. It just, because, because I was so uh, I was so longing to get back to music. I mean, anyone who's been through this knows how it is. You are completely, utterly cut off from everything you do. You're not the same person anymore. And gradually, you have to kind of build yourself up again. So after doing the concert, um, my good friend Norm McPherson and I got together, we did a little bit of recording, and we decided there and then that we had to continue 
and the gardening club was reborn with those sessions. And we didn't think it would be an album. We just thought, we'll just do a few tunes. But then as we got into it, the songs became, um, they started to grow in ways that surprised us all. And um, Norm McPherson got his son involved, who's a superb keyboard player and a drummer, a young guy, you know, very much into things like dream theater, that kind of music. And so he brought that aspect into the, to the, the sound. And before we knew it, we had this record and then Norm McPherson, who is a brilliant guitar player and a, an extremely focused and intense dude, <laughs> he, uh, he wanted to take this up to the next level. So he wasn't going to do any recording that wasn't what he called, you know, world-class. He wanted to, to make it as good as possible. So there, there are so many surprising elements in the rebirth of the gardening club that it would, I could spin it out for hours and I won't. It suffice to say that so many things lined up that were positive, that were synchronistic, that were um, quite extraordinary in my life. And so, from then on, we have been working in various different ways to uh, continue with, with, with the band. That's truly incredible. Um, now, you have done, as you've just said, so many different things. And listening to your music, it's varied as well, isn't it? I was listening to um, is it Andromeda. Andromeda. Uh, hang on. Look. Andromeda. Andromeda. Yeah. And I absolutely love that. Um, I'm kind of reminded I'm taken somewhere with that and I'm taken, it's got some sort of um, gentle sort of jazz rockness about it. And uh, that's kind of my old favourite from years ago, Gina Vanelli. There's aspects of that in there. And yeah, it's nothing like that. And, uh, but I'm really loving that. I'm really enjoying that. So when was um, Andromeda? Andromeda was on the original Gardening Club album from 1983. Uh, but the thing about Andromeda was that I got my good friend, Anne Mordefee, who has a celestial voice, uh, to sing on that song. And it really, it made such a difference to the feeling of the song. It was a great lesson to me in choosing just the right person to uh, invite to into my song. So if I invite a saxophone player or guitar player or a singer, another singer, I'm very aware of what that voice will do to my song. And I, I learned a huge amount doing that, that record. And uh, generally, the two tracks on the Gardening Club that most people think are the highlight are The Traveller and Andromeda, and they form one long piece. Yeah. Now, I thought um, I heard your vocal on Andromeda. Was that your vocal on there that I heard? Oh, yeah. And I, sing the main, yeah I sing the main vocal. And mm. that's all that high... Yes. Very, very high. School. Amazing. Super high. School. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely yeah. wonderful. I'm, I was loving I'm. I was just loving it. I was, take, I was taken there in that, that space and place. You think, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> and was this the album that was discovered by that um, magazine? Well, that, that's the album. That's the very one. And Wow. Yeah. And the main reason that even happened was that, as I say, someone put all the tracks on, you, on YouTube I still don't know who they were. I've tried to find them. To, to I had two responses to that when it first happened. The first one was, oh, copyright issues. 
But then I thought, no, no, that's not a problem. I mean, I thought this album, to be honest, Tracy, I thought the album was dead for several reasons. One, the format had gone. A vinyl at that point was not around. And, and also something like the music I was doing, prog rock, was gone. So yeah. the, the fact yeah. that it came back was, was an incredible surprise. But, um, but uh, my good friend Ed Canerva has a very small, let's call it boutique label here, um, in uh, in Toronto, and uh, Space Rec, nice name, I think. And um, <laughs> he loved. He's a thirty-something guy, and a lot a lot of his quote cohort, the thirty-somethings, really fed that new interest in vinyl. Bringing yeah. vinyl back was that. It was that generation that really brought it back. And what they love about it is what we already loved about it, which was the big canvas. The, huge, the big artwork, the gatefold, you know, reading the lyrics, all that good stuff, which is is hard to resist. And I, and I I did I designed that album to have maximum effect. I mean, incredible. It was, it was a labor of love. So the image is an homage to my wife Hillary, who was pregnant with our first daughter at the time, and uh, and then the inside. I've got all this artwork, which is an homage to my friend Anne and her voice and that celestial space, you might say. I'm, I, I just had um, a longing to, to just travel to this particular place and with all this music, but the, the, the um, disappointment at the time was bringing out the album and finding that I sent it to every major record company in Canada and a few in the States, every single one turned it down. None of them were interested. Although I got nice, you know, nice uh, letters back saying, well, great stuff, but we don't know what to do with it, you know. Yeah, was it kind of during the uh, hate prog campaign from the uh, corporate <laughs> foundations, I think, wasn't it? I mean, you, you obviously sounded that way, so they decided you were, the, therefore you were to be buried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, talking of the Gardening Club, I mean, I love I, I loved the way your picture in the Time Trilogy, which represents the lyrics, um, the picture is so very powerful. It's it's alive, that picture. And it I don't know, it's like the waves of water going into the woman, the wind blowing and bringing the power of vinyl back to that state of grace that you were just talking about. Yeah. I just thought that picture was so powerful. That, that was for, please remind me for who that was for. That was not one of your own songs, was it? It was for... Woman in the Waves. Woman in the Waves, yeah, yeah. beautiful. Who yeah. was that for? That Was that for another um, artist that you painted that for? That um, image is on the, actually on the front of uh, the uh, Time Trilogy CD. Yeah. Yes. Is the one? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. yes, that's the okay. one. That's <laughs> the one. Well, stunning yeah. when I was playing the music with it. Absolutely stunning. It just like, wow, I went right into the picture. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I must admit I'm the... Uh, what happened with that song was um, it's sort of like a, a kind of like a ghost story or an ode to obsessive love. You can make up your own mind, I guess, or the listener will. But the, the cool thing about that, Tracy, was I wrote the song. I had my demo. I really liked it, you know. But then I, I asked my good friend, 
Kevin La, Kevin La Liberté, who is a fantastic guitar player and producer here in Toronto, uh, to help me produce that song. And so he gave it this incredible width and percussion sounds and a soundscape that just took you right into those waves, yes. right into this obsessive um, kind of um, uh, connection that these two two people had. And um, he was... He's the perfect partner for me to bring that song alive. I'm just checking that I've not got something mixed up because I've listened to so much of your stuff. So this uh, time trilogy, this was one of your songs that you sang, right? Yes. Right, I beg your pardon. I'm getting um, some, some other things slightly just mixed up there, but I know exactly what I was listening to and the power of it. So, no, just bring that right. So that was Martin singing, not somebody else. <laughs> um, no, it was absolutely beautiful. I, I just, for some reason, thought that was another band coming in to use your artwork. And, uh, the, yeah, just, just a little mixed up, but absolutely powerful and stunning um, time trilogy, the, actual, the picture of the woman standing. She's actually standing by um, the ship, uh, like yeah. the rigging, isn't she? And she's got a hand up or something. And then um, in front of her is the man standing. The power of that with the movement in the picture, which is obviously a painted picture, it moves so beautifully. And when you hear the lyric, guys and dolls out there, it really is very powerful for those of you that are looking for this experience. This is, this is it. This is the experience. And uh, this is Martin. This is why you've become so incredibly well known for what you do. Mm. This is where this is you as an artist um, covering all aspects, isn't it? Well, you know, I, I've been on this particular path since I was a kid. And I, I like to think I'm doing my best work now. Uh, but I, I can assure you, I wouldn't sound this good without the great musicians I work with. Um, because, but then I, I, you know, I have a role model like, um, let's see, this is a totally different kind of music, but Miles Davis was a great band leader. He would choose the right people for the, the right tunes and so on. And um, so I, I feel very strongly that, you know, when I'm writing a song, I'll be thinking about now, you know, Kevin La Liberté would be great on this song as the guitar player, or Norm McPherson would be great, or my friend Wayne Kozak on saxophone would be great. Um, and, uh, but the main driving force really to me is the emotion of the song and what yes. I want to say. I, mm -hmm. uh, my business chops are pretty minimal. So it's all about the work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. And then also I was looking at the, the owls, um, is it the strange kingdom? Oh yeah. The owl strange kingdom. Tell me about the owl strange kingdom. Uh, that was amazing. And also I see, again, you might have to sort of prompt me here. Uh, what about MRR melodic revolution records? Is this part of this? Um, what, where does this come in? Well, um, when the, uh, original gardening club album was released, in 2017, I was with a UK record company called Gonzo Multimedia. And they were great to, to be with, there was no doubt, but they had bigger fish to fry than me. So I decided to um, hook up with Melodic Revolution Records and that's Nick Katona. They're based in Florida. Yeah. So yes. Nick is, you know, he's helping me basically get my music out there. 
and yeah. uh, so that's my connection with Nick. And uh, yeah, and he does great work, doesn't he, Nick? So there yes, you go. yes, he does. Yeah, and he's full of enthusiasm for the music and full of energy. So, uh, which is you know just what you need when you're yeah. an independent uh, artist uh, like I am. As you know, streaming services are what with forty thousand new songs every day going up. <laughs> you know, you're not going to be heard. So you need to focus on a smaller, uh, in a way, you need to focus on a smaller audience than, you know, millions. You, yeah, you need to micro-niche it and get those ones in that truly love it, that were truly there to stay in support, I suppose, that you can rely on their 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 love for your stuff. Yeah, I I, th I think uh, in a way... When when the when the term prog rock was used for my stuff, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't that comfortable. But now I now I really quite like that that particular niche because it's a small, intense spot for people who who you know they know what they like, they know the stuff, and so I can I can work in that niche. But the bigger pop world. You get lost. Yeah. You get lost. Absolutely. So, so you've kind of grown into that now. So you were just labelled at a time when you were just doing what you loved. Yeah. It wasn't called prog to you. It was called your music, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, you somehow get coerced into these things that they can be beneficial, but they can also kind of be hijacking you as a person, you as an individual. And that's the whole thing about these areas of music to be more experimentative is to not be labeled so that we end up getting labeled. That's the way it is, isn't it? So um, I understand that, um, was it the Owl, was it the Owl Strange Kingdom? It was, there was two released on the same day. And this is the one when you was working with um, Norm McPherson, I understand, on yeah. Vancouver Island, wasn't it, on the West Coast? Yes. the time trilogy produced by as you've said kevin lillibier i can't pronounce it sorry lillibier is that correct it's, yeah um uh, kevin, kevin lillibier and la, sounds french <laughs> <laughs> okay la liberté la liberté so that's yeah, these, liberté. Must be, yeah. he must yeah. be from montreal <laughs> uh, i think originally the family was from montreal yeah yeah yeah, yeah. quebec yeah yeah and um so yes norm well, it's kind of fun because we had Gardening Club West, which is Norm McPherson and all my friends out there. And then Gardening Club East is Kevin LaLiberté and my good pal Drew Burston on bass. And, um, and there's one really fascinating aspect to this is my, my good friend Sari Alesh. He's an uh, amazing violinist. He's a Syrian refugee. And uh, we brought him in on the Time Trilogy, and he, he plays on that, and he's playing on the Blue Door as well. And yeah. he, he's brought in a completely different sound into what we're doing, <laughs> and it's quite wonderful. So, we, yes, we released the Owl and the Long Form, 17-minute epic, and uh, the Time Trilogy, uh, six-song EP on the same day. And uh, this is all amazing stuff. And, and for all you guys listening in out there who love the artwork, of course, this is this is the man, if you like, because this is the man that did Kev Rowland's uh, Progressive Underground's artwork. So now you know who I'm talking about. Those of you that have Kev Rowland's uh, three volumes, that this is the guy that did his artwork. So um, 
how would you go in and describe some of the uh, some of the songs and music that we've just talked about uh, that, that has the artwork with them? How would you describe yourself as an artist for those people who haven't seen your work? How do you describe yourself? Um, gosh, that's hard. What is your art like? What is your art, art like? like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have yeah. to be very descriptive. They've, we've yeah. got to give them an imagination. We've given them a small um, look because that picture I was describing before, just to sort of put, put to whet the appetite there, um, of um, the, the woman stared on the, uh, by the sailing mast and um, she's looking at with her arm up and her hair is waving into the waves and the movement in the picture is incredible they're kind of like a are they i don't know the right words to express you'll have to forgive me if i say something that's completely wrong but then they're not cartoons but what would you call the style of drawing the, the, the um well that that particular uh, drawing kind of echoes uh, you might say like a like the feeling i had for that was like a 19th century woodcut to be honest you know right very, very, oh, yes yeah yeah, yes. yeah like a, yes. an old illustration yes. old illustration style when yes. i when i i was greatly inspired in the early days by roger dean who did all the yes covers you yes know, that stuff that merging of the art and the music and yeah. um and in my youthful madness i wanted to do write songs as good as Yes and do the covers as good as Roger Dean, which is sort of yeah. impossible because there are six mm -hmm. guys involved in that. But yeah. but the root of it, the root of all that, you might say, is if somebody hasn't seen what I've done, if you listen to the music, you might get a sense of maybe where the art is. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the best <laughs> way I can describe it. Because it's yeah. almost impossible for me to tell you what my stuff looks like. Other people can tell you. I, I find it difficult. But the, the music uh, will give you some sense of hopefully yes. expand. Yeah. I mean, you could call it you could call it fantasy drawing sometimes, yeah. couldn't you? Sure. Creating the fantasy yeah. and, and the colour that you use. But you have got different styles that you kind of go into. Some, you know, um, again, I'm, I'm, I don't know about art, but sometimes you've got these dramatic movements as the one I've just described and the, the picture's really moving and it's dramatic colours and dramatic scene and very easy to, you look at it immediately and you know what you've got with the guy standing up looking at the woman right. who's her head by the sailing mask and the movement in the guy as well that, that you can feel them, the music, the life, it just comes further and further to life. And then I look at other pictures and they're completely different, full of colour, almost psychedelic. And uh, so you have these different abilities to cross um, within that genre of how you do your artwork, how you paint. Are you painting? Are you... Um, is there paint involved at all? Um, no. Um, I um, When I was drawing, illustrating children's books, which are often, you know, time intensive, I had to figure out a technique to make sure that I hit my deadlines. And I used to paint all the time, but I, I, I stopped painting and I have a mixture of digital and traditional work. So... I will do a very detailed pencil drawing. I'll scan it into the computer and add my color in Photoshop on the computer. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I wondered if it was that. Yeah. The more the more digital side of things. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, given, I mean, I probably asked you a question that I asked you to describe and you said actually it's better if other people kind of describe your work. So that makes me want to jump to the thing that you actually did for the Monroe Bookshop all those years ago. Yeah. And that bookmark exists today and it was being sold in that shop. I don't know if it's still sold in the shop, um, but uh, it still exists today, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's incredible. You know, when I first looked at that bookmark, at my first glimpse at it, I thought, oh, that there's um, a, a soldier in regimental uniform. And then I thought, and my eyes actually completely went, oh, no, it's a lady with flowers in her hair. And there's a bird there with the, where I thought it was the arm coming up. And then you look and you could, the detail is just absolutely incredible in that. Can you tell us about that story and how that came about? Because that drawing is phenomenal way back then. Yeah, thank you. Well, I was, um, <clears throat> I was living in Victoria and um, I was just doing work for myself. I was just sort of making a living as a solo performer, you know, going to folk clubs mainly. And uh, I was working on this drawing one day when my brother-in-law came in and he saw me working on it and took a photograph. Somebody at the bookstore saw the, the photograph and the image. And this was 1971, that's right. 1971, and the the owner of the bookstore, Jim Munro, really liked it and said, well, I, I'd like to use it for a bookmark. And he paid me $25, and uh, they've been using it for over 50 years. And um, in those days, I used a, what's called a dip pen. So I got this very, very hard, you know, a, um, dramatic line. And I was greatly influenced by woodcuts, that kind of stuff at the time. But the key to that image, one of the reasons I think it's lasted is that you have the woman, now the bird, the, the, the hawk that's in front of her is blind. Right. And if I had added eyes to that bird, it wouldn't work. <laughs> right, right, yeah, uh, there you it go. Just, it's just one of those small things. Uh, that's how it often is with a piece of art. There'll be one little thing that makes it work. Yeah. And you have to So know. in other words, if you if you did draw the, the eyes in, it would take it out of balance and therefore yeah. it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Well, the mystery yeah, would right. go. Like right yeah. away, you've got as soon as you see that bird, is it protecting the woman? Is it uh, aggressive? Is it what's going on? And because it can't see, and of course, as you know, hawks have the most amazing eyesight. They can see things five, six miles away, tiny rodents or something. So if you take the eyesight away from a hawk, you have taken away its ability to survive. So, so there's right away, there's all kinds of tumbling little stories. At least that's what goes on in my head. Most people just see a bookmark. They don't see all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose. And I suppose I've, you know, we're guilty of that. I've been guilty of that. I've seen something. I think, oh, no, that's nice. I'll buy that. And you don't really know the story behind it. And that's what unlocks the incredible, amazing thing about people and, the, and their journeys. And uh, that's where it actually started for you, isn't it? Well, yeah. It, it, in, in, respect of a, in respect of selling something that big or, or want somebody wanting something that big. Is that correct? Um. Let's see. Uh, sorry, I didn't quite get the question. Oh, no. So with, with, with regards to the bookmark, is that really where your your art was taken seriously for the first time? Or is that incorrect? Oh, I see. Yeah, I, I guess it was probably the first time that someone looked at an image of mine and said, 
this will work as a you know yeah. Yeah. A, as yeah. a something to draw people in yeah. because the the bookmark has become a kind of an iconic image in in the yeah. city of Victoria. Everybody has that. Weirdly enough, almost <laughs> anyone in Victoria, pretty well everyone has got that bookmark. <laughs> and do they do they know who you are? No, they don't know who I am. No. Yeah, <laughs> but they, yeah, but they've well, got the bookmark. <laughs> yeah. Well, the cool thing is, Tracy, this year because it's the fiftieth anniversary, the the bookstore has done a special new edition of the bookmark, you know, printed on real nice paper, a nice heavy paper. Plus I got to design a new bookmark and then they put out a special commemorative card. So they wow. made a bus of 50 years. And because wow. I only got paid 25 bucks for <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> that original Excellent. bookmark. And you can imagine, Tracy, how many bookmarks have gone out of that store in 50 years. Oh, my God, incredible. This just reminded me of the story of the great gig in the sky and uh, Claire Tor, Claire Tory, who sang that part for 50 quid, you know. <laughs> look, where they, look where it went, you know, still going on out there now like yours. So incredible stories, really. Yeah. Oh, you know, this is absolutely fantastic, Martin. I love your stories and there's so much more to tell. So I'd like to invite you back for a second time. Will you come back next week for me? <laughs> can yeah. we get you on yeah, sure. <laughs> because there's so much more to discuss guys if you come back next week and enjoy me you're gonna there's so much more to hear about martin and who's worked with and what he's done and um you'll be blessed to hear about um him being in a professional recording studio in 1969 recording the tolkien album yeah you know lord of the rings the hobbit so we've got that to go with and discuss yet yeah, and martin's experience with that and uh, i hope you've all enjoyed it out there this has been amazing and it's always cut short but better to be left wanting more don't you think so martin Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well they wanted more of you with that um that lovely bookmark you know and what a great so what a great calling card that actually was hey eh? i beg your pardon almost you what a great calling card that uh, the original oh. bookmark turns out to be. They've actually recognised you after 50 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd get recognised, you know. <laughs> it's hard to believe that, uh, A, I've lasted this long, and B, that the bookmark has. And, uh, and on my travels, I've travelled all over Canada with my kids' books, going into schools, yeah. doing presentations, slideshows, when that wow. bookmark came up on the slide screen, no matter where I was in St. John's, Newfoundland, if I was in the Yukon, if I was in Alberta or wherever the I was, somebody in the audience <laughs> would say, I have that bookmark. <laughs> isn't, isn't that great? Isn't yeah, that a great... great um, yeah, yeah. Absolutely fantastic to your actual work, to your works, to your artworks. That's actually wonderful. <laughs> so, uh, guys and dolls out there, I really hope you've enjoyed this little journey with Martin Springett, an amazing artist. So, if you want something painted and you, you're doing music, you know, and you like a bit of fantasy, that's the place to go. So, um, I'll, I'll put Martin's um, uh, uh, links uh, in the description of this actual podcast. So, if you're going to catch it on Spotify or wherever you catch it on Spotify, Spotify, Apple, all the different podcast areas. You, you just read the little um, forward on him and I'll put something in there, a link in there, should you need some art. And, uh, and Martin's going to join me next week because there's just too much going on that's not being said. And that's great. That's why 
why that's that's why he's always working okay because he's great at what he does so come back and join me next week and we'll in we'll we'll just get a little bit deeper if we can and um well we can i know we will and uh, this is martin um um asking i'll ask you martin have you got any message for fans of your type of artwork out there or fans that have loved your your work the books that i'm most well known for for the fantasy art i've done is the Fianabar Tapestry. So um, if you like fantasy art, you can look up just Guy Gabriel Kay, The Summertree, and that will spin you off into, you know, a lot of other work that I've done. And um, and let's talk yeah. about that, the tapestry next time. Um, the the, the sure. guy, is it Gouvier or something? Gouvier, can you just say that again? Guy? Guy Gabriel Kay. Yeah. Guy Gabriel K. I was actually having yeah. a good look at that. So that'd be great to also talk about that when you're uh, popping back on next week amongst all the other things that we can actually uh, get in and natter about. And so thank you so very much. And this is Martin Springett saying goodbye to you out there. Okay. Goodbye and goodbye, Tracy. And Everybody out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just stay on board for a moment, Martin. I'm just going to say cheerio to everybody. So everybody out there, guys and dolls, uh, like I say, you're still driving. Be careful. The show's almost over. Keep your eyes on the road. And I hope you've enjoyed this really snugly comfortable ride if you're wrapped up somewhere inside warm or somewhere boiling hot, just pouring some ice cold water over yourself, you know, whatever, wherever. <laughs> and um, don't forget to love one another take care of one another really love one another and uh we'll see you next week here thank you for your support you know we are really appreciating you coming on and supporting so until next week it's over and out from tracy's prog world <laughs>